This is an Equity Mates Media podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Equity Mike! I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy Ren. How are you going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. I uh, I'm sure you can hear from this crisp quality audio <laughs> that you're you're listening to in your headphones right now that I am currently under a blanket again. Oh, back under the blanket. Uh, unfortunately, yes, we are here in lockdown recording on the 1st of July. Happy new FY22, by the way. Exciting times for us in finance. <laughs> <laughs> you. Do, we didn't have an end of financial year party. We Well, we, it was a bit hard when, when in lockdown, but... Um, yeah, must take note that when we're out, we should uh, go and celebrate the end of FY21. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But look, uh, we want to start this episode by just, uh, you know, s- saying our thoughts with everyone, uh, you know, around Australia that's in lockdown. It's a it's a tough time, you know, to, to be locked down again. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's all over soon and, um, and we can get back out there and actually have an... Maybe not an end of financial year party, but a live <laughs> event and, and see everyone again soon. Yes, yes. No, I um, couldn't have said it better, Ren. So uh, we do have a couple of live events coming up that we're excited for, but we will hold fire on chatting about that uh, until we do have a bit more clarity on, on what is going on around Australia with lockdowns. But one very exciting thing we can talk about before we get into discussion around mergers and uh, listed investment companies and an update on the stock of the year, which is all going to be covered in this episode. We are super, super excited to announce that our book that we've been writing for the last how many months, Ren? I can't even re- recall, but it's been almost, what, a year or thereabouts? Yeah, well, le- less than a year. The thing that we've learned in the book writing process is you don't get a lot of time to write the book, but the, pub- <laughs> the publishing timelines in uh, the book world are very different to the podcasting world. Um, they obviously take a lot more care in uh, 
in you know making sure everything's right whereas we are just <laughs> pumping podcast content out <laughs> uh, hey 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 we are fast and loose but we do take care with what we pump out <laughs> they're analog we're digital i think that's the difference but look our book get started investing uh is now available for pre-order which we are super excited about uh you can head over to booktopia.com.au and just search get started investing equity mates and it'll pop up there it's available uh, on pre-order it's launching on the 31st of august here in australia so if you do pre-order now you'll be one of the first in australia to get that when it does launch and uh we could uh we do really appreciate your support to absolutely get us to this point and we would really appreciate your support in buying the book as well and gifting it to friends and family and everyone who you think should be getting started on their investing journey because for a while now Alec and I have thought that there isn't a book that really takes you through the A to Z of actually how to feel confident and get started in the markets because we do believe that uh, there's never been an easier time to start investing and and that's what we're covering in this book. So, uh, Ren, exciting times. Yeah, we've spoken to over 150 experts on this show and we've pulled out some of the best lessons uh, from those interviews. We've uh, got a whole bunch of uh, stories and and you know uh, information from the Equity Mates community that we've included, and I mean we're pretty happy with it. It would be it would be a concern <laughs> if we weren't happy with yeah. it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but look, we think it's a great book uh, to really help uh, people get started investing or to uh, to go on in their investing journey. There's a whole section on things we wish we knew when we were getting started. So hopefully you can. You can learn from our mistakes and learn from everything we've learned from doing the podcast and uh, it can help you go on your investing journey. And look, if you're an experienced investor and and you don't need it, it it is a beautiful uh, uh, centerpiece. Put it on your coffee table, put it on your bedside table, put it on the mantle, (laughs) use it as a conversation starter. Uh, If you've got a wonky chair or table, put it (laughs) under that uh, to sort that out. It is a very versatile book. But look, most of all... If you if you love if you love the show uh, if you love being part of the Equity Mates community and you want to help us grow it to you know even bigger and better and you know you want us to be able to uh, get better guests and um, you know do more content and more shows um, buying this book really helps us uh, helps more people find out about Equity Mates and the more people that are in the community the more likely we are to get Warren Buffett on the show so. Um, yeah, look, we've we've been told in no uncertain terms that having a good pre-order campaign is important when it comes to selling a book. So we would really appreciate your support if you can uh, jump on Booktopia uh, or wherever and um, pre-order a copy or four. Nice. Well, I'm aware we've just done six minutes of preamble, and uh, <laughs> and we don't uh, we needn't do any more. So let's get stuck into this episode. We're seeing, Ren, we're seeing some uh, big mergers in the listed investment company space at the moment, and we are going to unpack what is happening and what it means for shareholders. We are recording this on the 1st of July, as I said, so um, some of this has has been in the news, but we wanted to to just go a little bit deeper because we've spoken to actually a number of of key members of some of uh, both of the listed investment companies that we're going to be talking about today. 
Yeah, and given the pace of mergers in the listed investment company space at the moment, there may be another one before we even release this episode. (laughs) (laughs) True. But look, let's take a step back. Uh, We hate jargon here at Equity Mates, so let's start with a bit of a pardon the jargon for people that aren't familiar with the term. Um, So, Bryce, uh, WTF is an LIC. <laughs> WTF not, is, not is my an best. LIC. Not, not, not my best. <laughs> absolutely not your best. But a listed investment company, otherwise known as an LIC, is an Australian closed end collective investment scheme, similar to investment trusts in the UK and closed end funds in the United States. So instead of regularly issuing new shares or cancelling shares as investors join and leave the fund, uh, investors buy and sell to each other on the ASX. So um, they, yes, they are different to an ETF. Maybe in, in more simple terms, it is a company that has a bunch of shareholders and rather than using the money that the company has to make a product or service or do anything that a company does, it uses the money that it has to invest in other shares. And so shareholders make the company makes money by, you know, being a good investor and making money on their investments. And as a shareholder in that company, you make money when the company makes money. Yeah, well you hope so. You also make money if the um the manager for the listed investment company is very good at marketing and creates a bit of uh All right, let's, fanfare. Let, let's put a pin <laughs> in that for now. And then look, I think you 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 started you started to ask the question how is it different to an ETF and I think that's important. Um so if you if you're a uh, if you're an investor in Australia and you want to invest in a, an actively managed fund uh, a fund where there's someone making decisions about what stocks to buy and sell. You can invest in a listed investment company or you can invest in an active ETF. What are the differences between the two? So the main difference between an ETF is and an LIC is the structure, as we mentioned. So it's, I mean, open-ended versus close-ended. And what does that mean? An LIC has, has limits on how many shares that they issue and... Um, Every time that you're purchasing an LIC on the ASX, you're just trading the shares on the ASX. Whereas if you're buying into uh, an ETF, it's open-ended. So you're actually um, getting new units issued uh, within from the ETF provider or the market maker every time that you buy into an ETF. They create more and more units. You're not just trading uh, the same amount of units that have been created. So that's the the major difference i think between an etf and an lic so if a if a lic has 100 shares uh, issued it's got 100 shares issued and the price of those shares is set by the supply and demand of investors buying and selling those 100 shares and regardless of the value of the 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 investments that the lic holds the actual share price is just set by supply and demand because there's 100 units on issue and they're being traded back and forth. With an ETF, there's not a set number of units. The price reflects the value of the investments and as investors buy and sell, the ETF issuer is uh, essentially expanding and contracting the number of, of units or shares on issue to meet supply and demand. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's part of the jargon. Now, there have been some big mergers in the listed investment company space recently. Mm. Mm. Um, 
Washington H. Sol Patterson, not the chemist, uh, but a <laughs> listed investment company that was uh, that has grown out of the the original chemist chain. It's now one of the bigger listed investment companies in Australia. ASX ticker SOL um, is merging with Milton Corporation, which is also a very old and established uh, Australian listed investment company. ASX ticker MLT. And that's an $8 billion company merging with a $4 billion company. And then secondly, Wilson Asset Management, uh, their global fund, ASX ticker WGB, which is valued at $600 million, is acquiring Templeton Global Growth Fund, ASX ticker TGG, which is valued at $300 million. So they're, they're the two key mergers that have been announced in sort of the last month. And we're going to unpack both of them, what happened, what it will mean, and what it means for both groups of shareholders in this episode. But before we do, we should sort of zoom out and just talk about the LIC landscape in general, because there's a bit of a trend that we're seeing in the LIC market that's worth paying attention to. Yeah. According to the AFR and Morningstar, at the start of 2020, there were 108 LICs on the ASX. Uh, but by the start of June 2021, there were only 98. So the trend seems to be that there's acquisitions or mergers uh, taking place. Yeah. And- as well as, as well as, I guess, some of these LICs also converting um, into active ETFs as well. Um, you know, there's the Monash. Absolute Investment Company, um, ASX MA1 is an example of that. Yeah, ETFs are really the uh, the it product of Absolutely. the moment, aren't they? Yeah. They're they're really in vogue at the moment. Uh, everyone, a lot of investors are choosing ETFs over LICs, and I think um, you know some of these fund managers are taking note and making decisions about is the LIC the right structure for them or would they prefer to be in an active ETF instead? Um, so, yeah, the uh, the LIC uh, options are, you know, there's still plenty. 98 is still more than enough to choose from, um, but there's there it's a, it's a shrinking opportunity set there. So it's an important trend to keep note of and it's one that, well, who knows if it will continue or not, but... There's some interesting stuff happening in the space. The second merger we'll talk about, it's a story of underperforming uh, LICs. So, yeah, we, we'll see what, what plays out over the coming coming months. But let's let's talk about these two mergers. There's definitely shareholders in the equity mates community on, on, in some of these, these LICs. So let's start with Washington H. Sol Patterson and Milton Corporation. Um, what happened? What happened? Well, Sol, Sol Pattinson's ASX ticker SOL, as we said, is in a a $4 billion takeover of Milton to create uh, just shy of an $11 billion listed investment company. So an incredibly large investment company. They are two of the country's oldest investment um, houses. Milton was founded in 1938 and listed in 1958. Uh, so it's been kicking around for quite a while now. So what's going to happen? Well, Sol will acquire the remaining share capital that it doesn't already own in Milton. So it's worth noting they already have 
about 3.3% stake in Milton prior to, to this takeover and and they're going to be buying back the remaining uh, 96.7% of that to uh, quick form <laughs> quick math to form um, to form this uh, listed investment company. So Rob Milner, who chairs um, Sol Pattinson's board and is also chair of uh, Milton's LIC's board, um, and they both hold shares in each other. We've actually um, spoken as well to the to Tom Milner, um, who's involved with uh, Brickworks, and so and has family history through all of this. So, uh, side note: go and listen. Go and listen to that episode if you haven't. The Milner family, one of Australia's biggest investing families. Um, yeah, Rob Milner sitting on both of these boards or chairing both of these boards. Um, so that is what happened. Um, I guess the question is, what does it mean, and and also uh, why why this merger? Like an eight billion dollar LIC, does it really need to take over or merge with a four billion dollar LIC? And I think the the key reason is Washington H. Sol Pattinson. Let's just make an agreement that we're just going to call it Sol Pats from now on because <laughs> sure. it's too long a name. I'm actually going with Sol. Okay, all right, I'll <laughs> I'll back you on that. All right, so. Sol um, has a number of long-standing investments, New Hope Corporation, which is a big miner, and Brickworks, which is a big brickmaker and also has a number of investments. And they they want to invest in new opportunities, but it would be incredibly uh, – there, there would be a big tax burden if they just – sold some of these holdings because they've held them for so long and there's been such capital growth while they've held them. So so this merger for Souls is is actually incredibly tax efficient. It it doesn't have to sell some of these long standing investments, but it expands its capital base and so it's able to invest in some of these new opportunities that it that it's looking at. Yeah. This is just going to really give them, uh, they want to get more involved in property, into private equity, into debt, and this is going to allow them to get the capital base um, to do so and start investing in more asset classes, as you said, Ren, without having to, to sell and liquidate existing assets. So it makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, if you're a shareholder of both Milton and Solpats, it um, certainly seems like uh, a a, a decent idea. Um, so let's have a look at what it actually means for Milton shareholders and for sole Pattinson shareholders. Uh, let's start with Milton shareholders. It, it seems to be a, a pretty great deal for Milton shareholders because the deal itself is offering sole Pattinson shares at a 10% premium to Milton's pre-adjusted pre-tax net tangible assets. And the reason that they can do that is because... Uh, because Solpats does own um, about three point three or three point eight percent of of Milton, then they don't actually have to buy the shares back, and and those uh, just I guess disappear, and therefore you're going to get that return on equity um, because of the 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 what's, what's what, the reverse of a dilution. A concentration. A concentration. Yeah. I don't know if so that's the technical term, but, <laughs> but but what you what like for for people who found that confusing, it's literally just like if uh, I had a company and Bryce had a company and I own ten percent of Bryce's company, and then I acquired all of Bryce's company, 
uh, that shareholding that I had, uh, like I can't own shares in myself, so those shares just get erased basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so those shareholders of Milton will uh, essentially get entitlement to some to some shares through a script offer in in Seoul. It's it doesn't seem like it's a one for one deal. There's a there's no, a mul- just, multiplication just, effect. You've just used a term there that uh, we should probably explain. Script. So a script in Australia is a bid for a takeover offer where shares are offered partly or wholly in place of cash. So in in this situation, there's a multiplier effect. So if you own X number of Milton shares, you're going to times it by the, the multiplier effect and it'll result in uh, X number of sole patch shares. Um, pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah. So... Um can they opt to take the cash, the Milton shareholders, or do they? Is it just they get the shares, or they sell sell shares in the public market? Good question. Good question. Yeah, I uh, I don't have the answer. The other good thing for Milton shareholders is that they are going to be entitled to receive three fully franked dividends totaling fifty two cents per share. So they're getting a premium. They're getting a fully franked dividend, and uh, then they're going to be getting the offer to to convert shares to, to sole pats as well. So that's what it means for Milton shareholders. Then for Sol's shareholders, I mean, in some ways nothing changes. Like you, if you own 100 shares of Sol's today and you own 100 shares of Sol's a year from now, you know, you, you still own 100 shares. Um, but there's obviously more shareholders. So you own a smaller percentage of the company but you own a smaller percentage of a company that's that's a lot bigger. So in terms of what it means uh, for Souls, so they're currently about 91st in the index in terms of biggest companies. This merger, will uh, it's estimated, will take them up to number 54 in the index, which means uh, a bigger market cap uh, means bigger index weighting. So, you know, in our ASX 200 ETFs, um, the, they're their shares will be more of that index. And so all of our ETFs will buy a little bit more of Souls because they're going to be bigger. So that's that's one thing. But really for Souls, the the story is around the additional liquidity. So they they the company is saying it's going to uh, turbocharge. I actually don't think that's the terminology they used. I think that's the terminology you put in the notes. I would be surprised <laughs> if Robert Milner was saying it would turbocharge, but um, uh, it's gonna it's gonna just um, help them with their strategy of investing, diversifying their investments away from some of their core holdings. So, as a Solpats shareholder, you should see different investment opportunities being realised by by these guys. Um, I guess the question as a shareholder about is whether they're going to be. Good investments or not, um, but Souls, for those who are unfamiliar with the company, just has this unbelievable record of paying a dividend and increasing its dividend. And so, as a Soulpat shareholder, chances are that's a big reason of why you own them. So, you've really got to assess, you know, the dividend story because that's why so many Australian investors love that stock. Yeah. Well, that is um, that's what's happening with the Washington Solpat and Milton Corp takeover. Two of Australia's largest LICs joining forces to create a mammoth one. So, before we move on to what's happening with Wilson Asset Management and Templeton Global Growth, and have a look at our stock of the year, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. 
Okay, Ren. So, Wilson Asset Management Global and Templeton Global Growth Fund. Uh, we yeah. recently had Jeff Wilson on the show to talk about his war on LICs. So, what's happening here? Yeah, so uh, if you haven't listened to our interview with Jeff Wilson, go give it a listen. It's a it's a cracking interview, and he's, you know, he's got a long and storied history as an investor. I think his company Wilson Asset Management has eight LICs in uh, listed on the ASX. So he is Mister LIC. We actually should have called him that in the interview. Oh well, missed opportunity. <laughs> um, but but his his latest uh, listed investment company is. Uh, called Wilson Asset Management Strategic Value, and the ASX ticker is WAR, W-A-R. And he has come out and said he's declaring war on underperforming LICs. Uh, I'm noticing that I've had to say performing a lot <laughs> in this episode, which I'm sure is annoying some people, so I'll, I'll try and try and avoid saying that. Um, but look, there is a phenomena, I guess, uh, on the ASX of... Listed investment companies trading below the value of their assets. So, according to Morningstar, across the 98 LICs trading on the ASX, uh, 82 traded at a discount at the end of May 2021. And um, this is also according to Morningstar, the average discount amongst these 82 LICs was 10.8%. And so, what that means is if I am running an LIC and I own $100 in shares. My share price is only, you know, $90. As an investor, you can see that the LIC has assets that are worth more than the share price that anyone's willing to buy that share off you for. And so that's really frustrating for for LIC investors because they they want their share price to reflect the value of the assets that it holds. Now, Jeff Wilson has a track record of not having his his LICs traded at a discount, and full credit to him. He is, um, you know, he engages with retail investors, institutions alike. Um, he he does what a roadshow every year, and he hits I don't even know how many cities, but he he does the work to make sure that investors know the value of their shares and and to um to close any discount that exists. But now he's taking that approach and saying every other LIC manager in the market be on notice. You're letting your shareholders down if you're just letting these discounts linger and you're not making active efforts to close that discount for shareholders. And the first target of his new war uh, was this Templeton Global Growth Fund. So for context, Templeton is one of the world's largest fund managers. It's based in San Francisco. It manages about $1.4 trillion US dollars. Um, and this Templeton Global Growth Fund was their only ASX-listed LIC. It's been listed on the ASX for 34 years. And in recent history, it has just always traded at a discount. According to Bell Potter, it is traded at a, at a discount since December 2014, and the discount it was trading at at the start of June was 8.3%. So you know, for every $100 in assets it held, uh, it was its share price was 
So in October 2020, Templeton announced a strategic review to address the gap between uh, its share price and its net asset value, uh, uh, basically a strategic review into the discount and how they can close it. And Wilson Asset Management has been heavily involved in this LIC. It initially invested six years ago, has been steadily increasing its stake over the years through its many different LICs. Wilson Asset Management Strategic Value, that AS, that uh, LIC with the ASX ticker WAR, owned 14.7% of Templeton uh, LIC. And so basically Templeton has been underperforming. Uh, well, it, it's had a discount for a while. Um, they haven't been able to close that discount. Jeff Wilson's had the company uh, in its sights for a while. Um, has been steadily buying more and more. And recently, a couple of days ago, as of this time of recording, they've basically pulled the trigger and made the announcement that uh, one of their listed investment companies will be acquiring the whole LIC. There you go. Uh, I'm excited to see how this plays out, to see if Jeff's strategy um, for these LICs that he's going to slowly acquire uh, is going to pay off. But well, I, I think I think we should say that it's not that his strategy isn't to just acquire a whole bunch of LICs. It's not like an LIC roll-up play. I think his I think his ultimate strategy is to buy LICs trading at a discount, work with them to close that discount, and then sell the LICs and move on to the next one. Um, but. Yeah, it'll be interesting if he does start rolling them up. No, I mean that that strategy where he works with them to, you know, help them market, help them get front of mind of investors because that's mm. what he's all about. So it'd be interesting to see how that all plays out. What it means, though, is that um, Templeton's assets will now become part of Wilson Asset Management Global LIC, which is going to bolster their asset base by about 50% from $600 million to just shy of a billion, $900 million. So good news, I think, if you're a Templeton shareholder, you're going to have either the choice of uh, Wham Global Stock and Options or you're going to be able to cash out at the full value of their holdings. And that's the important part here, full value. You're not cashing out at the share price. You will be able to cash out at the net asset value, um, yeah. which, which it, would be pretty uh, pretty rare to be able to do that given its underperformance for so long. Well, it's important to put yourself in the shoes of a Templeton shareholder. You know, you haven't been able to sell the shares at the value of the assets for about seven years. Yeah, the AFR have said nearly seven years. So for the first time in seven years, you have the option to sell at the value of the assets rather than at the share price, which has been trading at a discount. So uh, if you've been someone who's been waiting for the right time to get out of Templeton, uh, Jeff Wilson has really opened the door to, to realize the full value of your holdings. Or you know you take the stock and you become part of Wilson Asset Management Global and, you know, hopefully the days of your discounts are behind you if Jeff Wilson can can continue to do what he does. Absolutely. So, in terms of what does it mean for Wham Global shareholders, um, not a whole lot. I mean, you're going to have more assets, but also there's going to be more shareholders. It's important to note, though, that, you know, even though uh, Jeff is proven to be out of close discounts um, 
engage retail and institution institutional investors. Um, you know, you you wouldn't expect that Templeton's discount does carry over. However, there is there is a likelihood that it could. So I guess that's just something to consider. And uh, it would be heavy if uh, it was a <laughs> contagious discount and it just followed. But yeah, it definitely it definitely could. I mean, there's plenty of reasons why they could have had a discount. You know, maybe investors didn't like the holdings, and mm. so maybe it will trade at a discount. But yeah, that would be heavy for Wilson Asset Management. It would also be heavy for Jeff Wilson, who's really staking his reputation on being able to close yeah, yeah. discounts. Yeah. I think the other thing to expect, though, is that this is not going to be the last of Jeff Wilson's uh, war efforts. Um, he's made it pretty clear that uh, this is going to be his strategy for the for the next number of years. War has a position in VGI Partners Global Investments, which is a $920 million LIC, and this is a surprising one. Also, um, the Magellan High Conviction Trust, which is a listed investment trust of about eight hundred and fifty million. Yeah, it is interesting. So, two more. Well, one listed investment company, one listed investment trust. Let's not um, get into distinguishing those now. But um, yeah, the the war footing of Wilson Asset Management continues. Um, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm sure he's ruffled a few feathers in the asset management business. Um, I'm sure they don't like spotlights being shone on those discounts for if if you know if they're the fund manager. But it's you know Jeff Wilson has a history of trying trying to stand up for retail shareholders, and you know for the shareholders of these funds, you would be pretty happy to see someone taking a really active interest in closing the discount and increasing the value of your shares. Mm. So there we have it, two, um, two listed investment companies, uh, well, two stories of listed investment companies merging or uh, acquiring. Uh, so watch this space as it no doubt will continue to happen over the coming years. But as we said right at the top of the episode, we will be closing out this one today with an update on the stock of the year. It is the new financial year, so we're halfway through. So I we reckon thought, we can just wrap here, actually. <laughs> no, no, no. So <laughs> we thought we'd take a look at uh, both of the stocks that we uh, picked at the start of the year. Now, massive caveat on this, as always, that we weren't doing this in any way for a buy, hold or a sell recommendation. Um, this was merely an opportunity for us to take uh, take a look at a stock and put it on our watch list uh, for the year just to see how it plays out as a bit of a, a fun, and fun uh, well, look, game if- between you and I, Ren. Well, look, if anyone has uh, has followed Equimates for a while, they would know that these stock of the year uh, picks are, n- are nowhere near a buy, hold or sell recommendation because I always seem to be able to pick a company that loses a significant part of its value uh, over the course of the year. Uh, some say that uh, being Ren's stock of the year is the kiss of death for a company um, and... I thought I had avoided that this year, but hey, you know, uh, it's happened again. No, no. Well, at <laughs> least yours is, at least it's still in the green. Often um, your stocks will end in uh, very, very dark red, but let's kick, <laughs> let's kick it. Let's kick it off. Um, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, so I, at the start of the year, I was looking at Tencent. Um for those unfamiliar, it's a Chinese tech company uh, famous for WeChat, the Chinese social media platform. Uh, but WeChat, WeChat is so much more than a social media platform. It's um, 
it's sort of you know it's it's a super app if people are familiar with that term it's got everything from payments to um, a whole bunch of other companies that have been built on uh, WeChat infrastructure Meituan which is the Uber Eats of China has been built specifically on WeChat Pinduoduo a uh, e-commerce play over in China similarly WeChat is essential infrastructure in the Chinese internet economy and then it also has a raft of other investments. It uses the money it makes to invest globally. It owned like 5% of Afterpay, a bit of Spotify, a bit of Tesla. I think it had like 700 VC investments. It was. It has fingers in so many different pies. Tencent was up 34% in sort of mid-February. And I was, I was saying that we should just stop the competition now and just call it a day. But then what has happened is there has been a big sell-off of Chinese stocks, especially Chinese growth stocks. Uh, and so now, year-to-date, Tencent is up 3%. But to put this China sell-off in context, um, from the middle of February to sort of May this year, a lot of the big Chinese names fell off. So, Tencent was down 23% from its year-to-date high. Alibaba was down 17%. Uh, JD.com down 26%. Meituan down 29%. Pinduoduo down 34%. So investors obviously falling out of love with Chinese stocks. Um, and just just to sort of complete the picture for people in terms of some of the reasons why that's the case, uh First first thing uh, to note was, uh, if people remember, in March 2021, there was threats from the US government to delist Chinese shares from US exchanges, and they also have this... Um Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, like depository receipt system where you can invest in like Chinese stocks through ADRs and there was threats to just delist these Chinese stocks. So that obviously put a lot of fear in the market. But some analysis I was reading from Morgan Stanley uh, has said the Chinese China sell-off, um, you know, it's a, it's a combination of factors. There's the inflation story and the fear of rising interest rates that's hitting global growth stocks, you know, around the world. We've seen it in the US, we've seen it in Australia. Um, but there's also China-specific concerns. There's a lot of concerns over China's growth path and whether it will be able to keep hitting the the lofty growth numbers that it has historically been hitting. Um, and then, then, then there's also some questions over the future of Chinese monetary policy and potentially the fact that 
China will raise rates before the rest of the world. So that's from Morgan Stanley in terms of some of the reasons why. Um, but yeah, Tencent, it, it had a ripping start to the year and um, it's really come back to earth. So that's look, okay. there's a lot of the year to go. There is a lot of year to go, half a year to go. But um, the good news is is that it is still up, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. Stop plenty. rubbing it in. Stop <laughs> rubbing it in and get to yours. All it needs <laughs> is for those big stocks to turn around and it'll be roaring back to life. But I don't think it really takes away from um, the underlying company that it is. So so to confirm, up 34%, back down now, up 3%. Um, we will watch how it plays out. So Ren, mine was Roblox and I took a bit of a gamble this year by actually choosing a company you are at known the time. for you are known for taking a bit of a gamble from time no, to time no you, you got to be in it to win it um, and I chose a company that actually hadn't listed um, when we started the competition and that was a Roblox it IPO'd in March uh, I think we first discussed this in in Feb so uh, I was eagerly awaiting the IPO and I think it ended up doing a direct listing from memory Um Roblox develops and operates an online entertainment platform, uh, otherwise known um, in the gaming circles as a sandbox game, essentially where you've got developers. It's sort of like a two-sided marketplace. You've got developers and also um, those that play the game and you go in and create an entire world um, and interact with each other. So it's huge it's a massive game um i think at last count it was over it was almost half now um half of the kids aged between say nine and 12 i think over in the united states play this game which is just pretty phenomenal but at the time of writing the stock price was about 89 dollars, so a market cap of 51 billion and ren since ipo that takes it to being up just shy of 30%, 29.47%. And that has really come since um, mid-May. So I, I had a look at what was going on since mid-May. And the big question when we were speaking about this at the start of the year was, um, you know, is, is the growth of this company and the, the users that it's uh, commanding, was that really off the back of COVID and is it sustainable? How many people are going to return or continue playing once life in America, um, you know, returns to some form of normality? And they released their monthly metrics in May and the numbers were pretty staggering. So their daily active users is 43 million people. That is up 28% from May last year. Um, the hours engaged each day is 3.2 billion. Uh, sorry, in May was 3.2 billion, up almost 10%. Uh, and in terms of revenue, 219 million, up 26% uh, on this time last year. So the growth story continues to be there. Uh, users, daily active users, engagement, and also revenue um, hitting some pretty solid numbers. Um, so look, I'm still backing it in subsequently up 30%. We'll see how it plays out. The big question that I had at the start of the year was, you know, you were talking about how a third of children aged 9 to 12 in the US were playing and now you're telling me that number is half of children aged 9 to 12 in the US are playing. Maybe not quite, but yes. My big question at the time, and I guess my question still is, 
once you get to high school or middle school in the US, do you age out of this game? Like, is this a is this a game that that can grow beyond that pretty narrow band of nine to twelve year olds? Yeah, the May metrics uh, didn't have that level of detail. I'm sure we'll get it in the results towards the end of this year, or whenever the next reporting season is for the, the United States. So. Uh, agree with you on that question it'll be interesting to see what the numbers show but i think the part of the reason that they did the ipo as well was to try and start expanding their product range and also expanding into international markets because they're still pretty heavily overweight in the u.s at the moment so uh let's see how it all plays out but um up 29 percent. so it would have been neck and neck if 10 cent had kept doing what it was doing but um alas Alas, the uh, <laughs> curse of Ren strikes again. <laughs> but anyway, that brings us to the end of today's episode. We have pl- cov- covered plenty of ground. Just a reminder that please, if you are looking for a, a gift or even if you're looking for some reading, uh, we have just launched our book, Get Started Investing. It is uh, not just for those who have um, started their investing journey. We cover uh, a lot of uh, a ground in that in the book as well. So um, we, we've taken excerpts from over 150 interviews with our experts and a lot of the lessons that we've learned over the last four or five years of doing the podcast and tried to put it into a pretty easy and digestible book. So um, head over to booktopia.com.au to pre-order now. It's launching in, in late August. We are ideally going to have some sort of a launch party, hopefully pending uh, COVID and, and all those sorts of things. But um, yeah, we might have a game that if you do manage to pre-order and prove it, then we uh, we could get some tickets to the party or something. Haven't discussed that with Ren. I'm just spitballing here, but um, no, I like it. I like it. But anyway, let's get let's get through this lockdown first, yeah. um, and then let's think about uh, live events. So, hope everyone's uh, staying safe and doing okay. Um, and you know, hopefully our constant stream of content can get you through this lockdown. If you're ever looking for podcasts, there's plenty more in the equity mate stable, get started investing. You're in good company, comedian, the economist, meet, pay, love. Honestly, we've got every day covered. Absolutely. That's right. So look, um, join us on the Facebook discussion group as well. Follow us on all the social channels and make sure you're signed up to our newsletters. Plenty going on in uh, the world of equity mates. You can contact us at contact at equitymates.com as well. But Ren, always good to chat stocks and uh, we will pick it up next week. Sounds good. Equity Mates Investing Podcast is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.